Answer this question, why this dream and why you? What do you bring to this dream that no one else could bring to it? What do you bring to your team, to your organization? What do you bring to your family that no one else brings? And leverage that, lean into that, because that is part of how God has wired you and you are called to steward it well. Welcome to Dreamers and Disciples. I'm so glad you're here today. And I can't believe it because from when this episode drops, it's less than a month until my first book, This Dream Is Not For You, Learn To Live By Letting Go, releases on September 12th. I'm so excited. I believe this book and this message is gonna help so many people. And I believe it's gonna help you trust God with your dreams and with your life in a new way to give you faith and hope to dream again. And really this book is the fulfillment of years of dreaming that I've done new dreams that I didn't know to dream for the first part of my life. And I've done a lot of reflecting on this whole process and what I've learned about God, myself, and really just launching any new dream. And so that's what today's episode is all about. I wanna share seven lessons I learned writing my first book. But before I tell you what those lessons are, I wanted to let you know of a very limited time opportunity for you to read the entire book before anyone else does. I wanna invite you to join me for This Dream Is Not For You Live. This is gonna be a four week study as I go through the book with my book launch team. So four weeks of a live online exploration of all the themes in the book. Everyone selected for the group, which is based on whether you've pre-ordered the book and you need to fill out a short application, you'll get an early digital copy of the entire book. So I'd love to invite you to apply to be a part of it. So it only requires two steps from you. Number one, pre-order the book. And then number two, fill out the application. And you can find links for both at wadejoy.com slash thisdreamlive. Applications close August 19th, so don't wait. And if you're listening to this episode and you missed the application deadline, don't worry, I'm gonna announce some really great bonuses for anyone who has or will pre-order the book. So go ahead and do that and stay tuned for those bonuses as well. So the link for everything is in the show notes and the YouTube description, so check it out. All right, back to seven lessons I learned writing my first book. And these are really lessons that you can apply whether you are an author or not. This is not just about writing a book. Whatever the dream you have in your heart as a creative, on a church staff, as an entrepreneur, or a dream you have for your family, these lessons will all apply to you. Anything that you wanna to bring to life, I believe all seven of these lessons are timely and specific for you. So let's get going. All right, lesson number one, identifying small steps is better than being intimidated by a big project. So I remember dreaming about writing a book for years before I actually took the step to do it because I was talking myself out of it. It seemed like too big of a project. It seemed too daunting to me. I just had no idea how I was going to write 60,000 words about anything. But at the same time that I was talking myself out of writing a book, I was also preaching several times a year at Elevation or teaching for our worship teams. And when I did that, I would manuscript my whole sermons, which I used to hate that about myself, honestly, because I thought that it kept me from being spontaneous. But I would write 
3,500 words, 4,500 words sometimes for a sermon, and I would memorize those. And then one day it just kind of had the light bulb moment of, oh, wait a second, that's about the same amount of words in a book chapter. And if I can write a sermon, then I could also write a book chapter. And then I realized that if I could frame writing a book, not as one 60,000 word endeavor, but if I could frame it as I'm writing 10 to 12 sermons, it just became a lot more doable in my mind. I started to get a lot more excited about it. And yes, it's not writing 12 random sermons and putting them together. There has to be a cohesive theme and an argument you're making in the book. And it all has to tie in together. But just mentally, all of a sudden, it didn't look so daunting anymore because I knew I could write a sermon and therefore I had the confidence that I could write a book chapter. And if I could write one book chapter, I could write 10 book chapters. And so what that taught me is just the power of breaking your big project into smaller milestones and steps that not only seem achievable to you, but also give you small wins and small momentum that keep you moving throughout the project. So whatever your dream is, whatever you're working on, don't just focus on the big goal. Yes, you need to have that out there, but reverse engineer it to find the small steps that will give you momentum and give you courage and confidence to get moving. Lesson number two, daily investment is better than waiting on delayed inspiration. Here's what I've learned over many, many years working with creatives. Creativity is more repetition than inspiration. Because a lot of times we think writing a song or writing a book or launching a business that's going to change the world or change people's lives is going to come in this one amazing moment of inspiration. But for the people that I've been around that are brilliant and creative, those moments of inspiration are rare. So when people used to ask me about becoming a songwriter, one of the first things I would ask them is show me your calendar. Show me where you're writing songs on a consistent basis. Is it actually in your calendar? Because that shows me if you're a songwriter or not. So when you just wait for inspiration, a lot of times you're just gonna do a lot of waiting and not a lot of creating. So creatives and successful songwriters, successful authors, successful business leaders, successful people at any endeavor are people that show up even when they don't feel inspired. Yes, the brilliant moments of creativity and inspiration, those come, but you're ready for them when you actually show up and do the work when you feel uninspired. I've been a part of and seen songs that were worked on for months get scrapped except for one lyric, one line. And then that one line though is the foundation that a new song is built upon that becomes an amazing song that helps so many people. And some people think, well, all the work that you did on that song that got scrapped is wasted, but you wouldn't have gotten the one line that actually led you to the great song if you hadn't done the work that led to a bad song. Because sometimes the best songs come from a lot of work writing bad songs. And that's not just about songwriting, that's just about anything. We need to show up if we want to create the space and have a deep well of ideas 
that we can draw upon when those moments of inspiration do show up. So for me, when I was writing my book, I decided that I was gonna get to the office an hour early for about four months I did this and I just wrote every morning. And I wrote when I felt inspired, I wrote when I didn't feel inspired, but I knew I needed to get words on the page. And most of what I wrote, a lot of what I wrote, made it into the final book. Some things didn't. There were whole chapters that got scrapped thanks to a really great editor. But those chapters weren't wasted because it allowed me to workshop my thoughts and to hone my ideas and to really get clear about what I needed to say. Nothing that you do is a waste when you show up and you just do your best to do the work. So keep showing up. Once again, this kind of ties into the first lesson. When you've broken your dream into achievable, measurable steps, then show up on the days you feel great about it and show up on the days when you don't. And just believe that through your showing up, you're gonna be building and creating space for something great to be born. Lesson number three is leaning into your uniqueness is better than losing yourself in imitation. You have a unique voice, experience, and perspective that you need to steward well as a follower of Jesus. So for me, my book is all about the dreams that I've had in my life, some of which I had to let go of in order to embrace what God had for me. But I didn't just make the book all serious teaching about the Bible because I also am a big geek at heart too. There's a lot of different sides to who I am. So I had to embrace in my book that I love Star Wars. I tell some funny stories about that in there. I, I talk about my addiction to Diet Coke and Zevia. I talk about being a husband and a father. I bring the uniqueness about who I am into the story. I realized I wasn't writing a commentary. I wasn't writing a feel good, you can do whatever you put your mind to message. I was writing about the times that my dreams had become an idol in my life. And that was a hard thing to admit. It was a hard thing to be vulnerable about, but I knew that was the message God had called me to steward. But at the same time, that led me to talk about how good and faithful and kind God had been to me in my story. But I realized that I had to bring all of me. I couldn't write someone else's book. As much as I love Tyler Statton's book on prayer, I couldn't write that book. I couldn't write John Mark Comer's book on the ruthless elimination of hurry. I couldn't try to write a Dallas Willard book. I had to write a Wade Joy book about what God had done in my life. So one of the things I tell people when I coach them is answer this question, why this dream and why you? What do you bring to this dream that no one else could bring to it? What do you bring to your team, to your organization? What do you bring to your family that no one else brings? And leverage that, lean into that, because that is part of how God has wired you and you are called to steward it well. Here's lesson number four. Focusing on who you are trying to help is better than obsessing on who you want to impress. So I would find myself sometimes imagining certain people reading my book and wondering what they would think of it. And that's not always a bad thing. Like I want my wife to read the book and realize that, yes, I'm living what I'm writing about. I want there to be authenticity there. I want someone to read the book and realize, yes, this is biblically accurate. But there's a difference between that and then wanting to impress a certain person, somebody from your past, somebody from your job, 
So I'd ask myself, who am I imagine reading this when it is done? Is it this person from my high school? Is it my old boss? Is it the family member that you can never please? This applies to you and your business, to your songwriting, to your nonprofit you're trying to launch. Who are you trying to prove something to? Because most of the time they're not paying attention and they are the wrong audience. You are not doing it to impress them. You are meant to launch this dream to help other people. So the better question is, who are you trying to help? Who needs this book? Who needs this business? Who needs this nonprofit? Who in your family needs you to show up? And really, I like to ask people, who is on the other side of your dream? Because a dream is meant to be more of a window than a mirror. A window shows you somebody on the other side of it. A mirror just shows you yourself. A lot of times we're trying to live up to our own expectations when we're writing a book or or launching something, but we need to look through a window of our dream and say, who is on the other side of this who really needs this message? I remember being discouraged sometimes when I would send early versions of my manuscript to certain people and they wouldn't read it or they wouldn't get me a lot of good feedback. And I got really bummed out, but then I would send it to some people and they would send me tons of voice memos and tons of messages. And I had to realize that whether someone responded the way I wanted to or not, I had to believe the best about them. I had to realize that people are busy. They've got a lot of things going on in their life and not everything is about me. So I could have gotten in my head about why so-and-so didn't respond as quickly when I sent them the manuscript. But instead I realized I need to give them grace and the benefit of the doubt and realize that I'm not writing the book for their approval. I'm writing it for the people who are going to read it when it's done and who are going to be helped by it. And then I was thankful for the people who did go out of their way to really give me tons of great feedback. People like Stephen Webb did that. People like Reggie Beasley did that. So many people gave me amazing feedback that helped make the book better. So believe the best. Don't try to prove anything to anyone else. You don't need their affirmation. You are doing this for God, but you're also doing this to help people on the other side of your dream. Because when you are always looking for confirmation from others, you will never walk in confidence. So that last lesson ties in really well to this next one. So lesson number five is admitting you are a student is better than pretending to be an expert. See, I came from a very high feedback culture at Elevation Church. We really valued other people's insight and their wisdom. And we tried not to hold any idea sacred unless it was actually sacred. And if it's from scripture, that's sacred. But if it's an idea from my heart or my imagination, that is not sacred. I need to welcome other people into it. So I remember the first round of feedback I got, I just mentioned him in the last point, was from Stephen Webb. I sent him my book and this was like after the very first draft was done. And he sent me just voice memo after voice memo after voice memo of, hey, I love this, but you could say this better. You're using too many words here. You sound too church staff here, like talk to the everyday person. And it was really helpful for me to get outside of myself. I have an amazing editor named Ryan who also provided such great input. I say all that to say, let other people make you better. You can always find someone you can learn from. And this is all throughout the Proverbs. I love Proverbs 12, 15 says, the way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. 
Proverbs 15, 33 says, wisdom's instruction is to fear the Lord and humility comes before honor. I love that. Humility comes before honor. If your work, your dream, whatever you're launching is ever gonna be something to be honored, it requires humility first. And that humility comes from you asking other people saying, where is this week? Where can it be better? What am I not seeing? What are my blind spots? So I just learned that in a new way as I opened up my book to other people and realized that my words were not sacred. They could be better. And they still could be better. When I was recording the audiobook, I was like, oh, I wish I could have redone this. But at some point, you've got to ship it. You've got to release it. Lesson number six is this. Working as an offering is better than waiting for an audience. I've said this a lot if you've listened to the podcast, but your dream is an offering, not a crown. The work isn't meaningful once it's put before an audience for them to see how great you are or how great it is. It's meaningful because as you do it, you're doing it unto the Lord. You are using the gifts He's given you in a way that brings glory to Him. The Lord finds so much pleasure in watching you use what He's given you. And I believe that is such a beautiful act of worship. That is what gives it meaning. So I've learned to love the process of just writing because I'm, I'm writing about my experiences with God and His faithfulness. As I was writing the book, I was recounting so many times God has been faithful, so many times He's answered my prayers. I was remembering all the times things should have gone one way and God in His goodness helped them go a different way. So writing for me, whether anyone read it or not, yes, I want people to, to read it, but I found so much joy in the process. It didn't mean every day of writing was fun, but I found a lot of meaning and a lot of joy of saying, God, I'm learning something new about you. I'm learning something new about myself. And I can turn even this hour of writing from 7.30 a.m. to 8.30 a.m. I can turn this into worship. So that's what Paul talks about when he says, whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord. Whatever your dream is, whatever your creative endeavor is, whatever you are launching, don't just think that when it's done, that is when it's meaningful. It's meaningful in every single step of the process. So how can it be worship? Don't wait on other people to validate the work that you do. Find its value in the one who sees the moments alone in front of your computer, the one who sees the moments alone where you feel like you've got writer's block, the one who sees every single amount of effort that you put into it, God sees it, God loves it, and God sees it as worship when you direct your heart to Him in the process. Finally, here's our last lesson. Lesson number seven, trusting God with the reach of your dream is better than telling Him your requirements. Now, I know it can feel a bit weird to think that we can place any requirements on God because we can't, He's God. But we still often act like God needs to meet our list of demands for how He uses something. And I don't like to admit that, but I, I act like that sometimes. But I'm learning that being faithful with responsibility is our role. Furthering its reach is God's. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm praying big prayers for this book because I believe this message will help people. I actually believe it's a really important and timely message for our culture right now. So I want it to be a bestseller because that means a lot of people are reading it. A lot of people are having to hold their heart up to the message of this book and see what they're really chasing in life. 
And so I want you to buy it and read it and be encouraged by it. So I pray those prayers. But at the end of the day, whether the book is for a hundred people, a thousand people, or 10,000 people, do I trust that God is placing it in front of the people who need it? So I'm learning, and this is, I believe, an encouragement for you. Work with all your mind and your strength, and then trust God with all of your heart. He knows exactly who needs to be impacted by your dream. So like I said, have great expectation, pray big prayers, and then walk in faithfulness and trust. So those are the seven lessons I learned from writing a book that I believe will help you in your dream, whether you're an author, songwriter, business leader, stay-at-home mom, whatever it is that is in your heart, I believe that these will be helpful for you. So number one, let me just recap, identifying small steps is better than being intimidated by a big project. Number two, daily investment is better than waiting on delayed inspiration. Number three, leaning into your uniqueness is better than losing yourself in imitation. Number four, focusing on who you are trying to help is better than obsessing on who you want to impress. Number five, admitting you are a student is better than pretending to be an expert. Number six, working as an offering is better than waiting for an audience. And number seven, trusting God with the reach of your dream is better than telling Him your requirements. I'd love to know which of those really spoke to you. So in the YouTube comments or in a review for the podcast or on Instagram, just let me know what spoke to you. I would love to hear it. And one more time, I wanna invite you to join me for This Dream Is Not For You live. Be a part of the launch team of this book. It's gonna be a four week study. As I go through the book with you, you're gonna get the book early, the entire book. All that you need to do is pre-order the book, and then fill out the application at wayjoy.com slash this dream live. Once again, the links are in the show notes and YouTube description. Thanks for joining us today. And I can't wait to see you back here next week for more dreamers and disciples. Mm-hmm.